0: Hello and welcome to the Music Survival Guide. Today's guest's highlights include supporting the likes of Scouting for Girls, Top Loader and making me the worst cup of tea I've ever had. I'm delighted to be joined by <laughs> Alex from The
1: Taboos. <laughs> Good evening. I would like to point out right from the off, that was not my cup of tea,
0: that was, that was Tom's. I, I dispute that. No, I, no, no. <laughs> what you're unaware of is I have a witness to that. Uh, really? They say that they saw you make that cup of tea. Was that Peter? I can't confirm my witnesses. I can't uh, share that with you.
1: <laughs> I'm not having that, though. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll hold you to that and I'll make, I'll make you a new cup of tea and you'll,
0: you'll be blown away, Joe. Oh, no. <laughs> what an awful thing to have. Um, I should tell it to everyone I work with. But, um, but awesome, mate. So one thing I feel like we should uh, get out in the clear is that if anyone's listened to this podcast before, they will have heard you.
1: Yes, of course. Yes, we are the intro to this. Uh, it's yeah, very fitting as well. Um, yeah, that, this that that particular track is the intro for this uh, podcast. Yeah,
0: yeah, we're going to be talking about that a bit later. But so yeah, everyone will be able to hear the full song rather than the same eight seconds repeatedly <laughs> on, on loop forever, <laughs> over and over. <laughs> well, cool, man. So for people who haven't heard of the taboos, just kind of like give me sell yourself a little bit. Uh,
1: I should have prepared for this, really, shouldn't I? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we are a three piece uh, contemporary indie band, sort of based in the south of England at the minute. Um, yeah, we've recently just finished uni, so um, yeah, that's where we sort of met together. Um, yeah, we've uh, like you said, we've supported Scouting for Girls, Top Loader, Nick Grimshaw. Um, we've released three singles so far, and yeah, they're like, like we can see a gradual rise in like uh, the views, etc. on the uh, on the tracks and uh yeah and we we create we write a lot of music like we certainly have been recently especially in the coronavirus uh, era of our lives uh so yeah there's like plenty more stuff to come and we're just sort of excited like yeah we love doing it we love like we have like energetic live shows like that's sort of where we sort of found our thing doing live performances that was like what we loved doing when we were younger and gradually as we've got older i guess we've sort of tried to put that, like, energy into our recordings and stuff and improve that as well at the same time. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, man. On that subject of uh, playing gigs, can you remember what your first gig was playing with Sam? I think that would probably be the best example. The f-
1: first gig playing with Sam, that's, uh, yes, I, c- yes, I can. Um, we <laughs> we used to be in a, um, in a band called Haphazard, and uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm
0: laughing because i know you've shown me how Hap- oh, i've yeah, seen I the have, music yes, video I have, yeah.
1: oh god <laughs> yeah um yeah we played at this like really old like social club kind of place in like Ingermells or something like that something on like the coast of like lincolnshire and yeah it, it was all right there was like it was like mainly covers that was like the first gig that we did and then um as that band ended we uh our first gig as like an acoustic sort of duo in in Spilsby actually um and then yeah and then our first gig with as the yeah that was our first gig as the rogues and then we did our first gig as the rogues with a drummer which was in Grimsby and then our first gig as the taboos um was in London at the road trip and workshop so lots of first gigs yeah
0: so you've mentioned (laughs) there though that you kind of went through a few iterations you know the common theme being you and sam yeah uh, yeah pretty much that's kind of been a yeah the general sort of the binding factor of the projects that we've done you've mentioned that you know you were called the rogues and then moved to the to the taboos Mm -hmm. can you kind of talk me through the the choice to do that because you didn't change lineup did you no we didn't yeah because we we were
1: the the rogues but then we sort of got we went through various drummers and ended up moving to university and then ended up getting Tom to play drums. Um, yeah. And then we sort of decided that it was time to change our name. It was kind of because of the new lineup, but also there's we'd like, we'd have issues before with like Spotify and like, other artists called The Rogues, they would come on our page, like have they have their music, like this Celtic band was on there for a while, and we it, were like we were just sort of sick of like having to say it because it's quite a sort of common name, and I think Tom had said to us he'd already previously been in a band called The Rogues. No way. So it was at that moment we were like, we should probably change it. But, yeah. Um, so we decided to change it to The Taboos, and um, yeah, we we also copyrighted the name The Taboos with like the UK government so that no one else can nick it basically. That's
0: a pro tip there. I've (laughs) never thought of doing that. Well,
1: it's it's just to avoid the the hassle that we've had previously, I guess. And then, I guess, if it's ours, then it's like you won't have any issues in the future, I guess.
0: Yeah. Would you say the changeover from the taboos and rogues, because I think you kind of changed your branding from from what I kind of Mm -hmm. seen, did that change? your opinion on like your outlook towards how you're going to write and make music. Did you kind of see it as like a fresh change or was it yeah. literally just, just the name? No, it was definitely more than just the name. I guess th- it it'd kind of been
1: creeping in already. There's like this sort of this like slickness that we'd kind of been like, like involved in like this kind of like, I don't know, slick attitude that, and like sort of image that we wanted to keep. And we'd sort of like tried to sort of bring that in, but having been the rogues and like we didn't really want that sort of being related our, our new image we didn't really want it to be related to the, to the name the rogue so we yeah we decided to change it and it sort of yeah i guess everything else sort of came with it i guess
0: yeah would you say that you changed musically or would you say that kind of stayed consistent uh,
1: well similarly yeah similarly i think that was i think the music definitely sort of took a another level of like like probably like professionalism i would say um it's yeah it, i think it changed but perhaps not intentionally but yeah i think it was probably something to do with like the timing of it we sort of i don't know sort of booked our ideas up maybe
0: <laughs> yeah i would say that you guys matured and i mean that yeah. as a compliment and I, I think that could come across as like a little bit offensive to the wrong person but <laughs> we know each other well no, enough yeah to no know offense that I don't taken mate that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, d- I definitely agree. We definitely did mature.
1: Like, I think, yeah, having also having the name of the Rogues, it was something that we we'd had in Lincolnshire when we were working as a band, and then like moving down to London, like our lives, our worlds just changed completely. So, it definitely sort of felt fitting to change the name to something like that.
0: Yeah, well, tell me a bit more about the the move from Lincolnshire to London, um, because that is. A pretty big move, it, as uh, yeah, Dominic it's, Cummings it's, it's, has demonstrated.
1: Uh, it's, quite, it's quite a fair distance. <laughs> nice and topical, yeah. Uh Yeah, no, um yeah, it was a, a, a very big move. Like, where we live in Lincolnshire is, like, as, like, boring as it gets, basically. Like, there's nothing happening around here. But I guess you sort of always have the urge to move to the city when you live around here. And then when you do do it, it's, like, ten times better, I guess. And it, it was, like... Yeah, it was great because we went there to to go to universities, which meant that we got to focus on our music as well, which is all that we wanted to do down there. And um, yeah, it just sort of yeah ch- changed our lives completely. And it was like for the better, like definitely for the better, like although like we love coming back here and like we've done some gigs here that are like fantastic, like some of the best stuff we've done. Um, but yeah, there's like
0: we're we're a southern band now, I believe. <laughs> you sound like a southerner to me but so does everyone so um you mentioned that you kind of had built uh a reputation for yourselves as a band in in lincolnshire when you first went down to london how did you first go about getting gigs well
1: that's uh yeah we um when we first moved down there, we had, we'd actually booked a gig we'd done a a couple of london gigs like previously like traveling down like we had done stuff like bringing a few minibuses and like packing out venues it was like it was it was good fun um and then we before we moved we we ended up booking a gig it was like um o2 academy 2 in islington and then so immediately from like freshers week it was kind of like find the nearest person and then promote your gig to them it was that kind of uh, scenario and we ended up just like meeting enough people to eventually like sell a lot of tickets for it so It was kind of like quite a natural thing i mean we had a few friends that we knew down there like we knew a few people in london and there was a couple of other people that we knew that were going to the uni um but other than that it was quite sort of like just word of mouth like to new people it was quite it was quite it was interesting and quite fun
0: yeah it kind of it was a very organic approach yeah yeah absolutely um and I think a lot of people might get frustrated at that because they'll be going, "Well, I want to be playing gigs," and you've just gone, "Well, yeah, you know, we just bold about, them. <laughs> and we found them really." Yeah. So, what would be your advice to people who are, say, London-based or any city really? Um, um, well, I get, and- uh, we were at an advantage in
1: going to university, which is perhaps advice that I would give to someone like um, going to university is. Um, a, a great opportunity to meet new people and broaden your horizons in all sorts of ways and focus on the thing that you want to do the most. Um, but, yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't know, really. Because um, L- London is, I, I've certainly found it's a very antisocial place. Having lived there for like three or four years, it's, uh, its yeah, it's very antisocial. And it is hard to make friends down there, but I guess you just, they find you, I guess. Maybe. so your
0: advice is go north is that essentially what you're saying? <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that <laughs> <laughs> just to make some people feel better because all we've talked about is how successful you guys are um oh, do you have yeah. any like specific <laughs> nightmares that stick in your mind for certain gigs
1: uh, oh yeah've we've, we've had some we've had some mares along the way don't get yeah don't get me wrong in fact last year um oh yeah so we had this um this gig booked in suffolk and then uh, <laughs> This is, this is like my confession here. So yeah, <laughs> uh, so uh, but we got offered this like headline slot of this like festival down in um, like Devonshire. It was It's quite a big festival as well, um, but we couldn't do it, obviously, because we had the gig in the evening um, in Suffolk. And um, like Devon and Suffolk, uh, they're like other sides of the country to each other. But we still ended up booking a gig at like one o'clock in the afternoon in Devon. And um so we decided to like travel down at like six o'clock in the morning down to this gig um before heading up to Suffolk and um during the performance like um I like I broke a string and then my, my guitar just like kept going out of tune and it was just like it was it was the the worst gig I've ever done, like, honestly, like like having to work out it was like blistering heat as well. I was like having to work out all these songs in like um like with only like five strings and uh and my guitar was just like completely out of tune like all the strings were completely out of tune like no matter what I did and it was just like so stressful very stressful <laughs> I was very glad when that that set ended but we managed to go to Suffolk in the evening and we
0: managed to redeem ourselves so yeah that is crazy yeah <laughs> but then in saying that like uh spoiler like we've worked together that's how we know each other yeah um I remember doing uh What was it, like an eight-hour recording session where you came from London, I came from Liverpool, and we both met at the point that was the furthest away from both? Oh, what, Lincoln, was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just to blast through eight (laughs) hours of recording, than part ways entirely. Yeah, yeah, we
1: have a habit for doing that. Long days, we like long days. (laughs) Yeah, I'm
0: going to say admin isn't
1: your (laughs) forte. I think, yeah, I, I'll accept that one, yeah. <laughs> it's fair enough, mate. There's very few people I do that for, so don't worry about it. <laughs>
0: um, so talking of firsts and first gigs and all that, um, can you remember your first recording experience? Like, how did you how did you approach going in? How did you decide what studio to go to? Because those are the type of questions that we get all the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, do you mean, like, first studio experience in my life or... Yeah, I'd say go for it in your life.
1: Um, we, yeah, um, with Sam actually, um, it was it was before we'd started the Rogues, and it was like, yeah, we we sort of just wrote some tunes. We were like, probably like I don't know, like maybe thirteen years old or something like that. We might have been even younger, I don't know. Um, and we just ended up going to the, st- the studio in Lincoln called Playing Aloud, which we ended up recording like a, a couple of EPs there later down the line as the Rogues. Um, and yeah I mean we, we weren't very good at all like I will safely say that right now we 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 didn't know what we were doing but I mean it was interesting just sort of I guess like the things that you saw them do then and then being able to you, I would never have like thought of I'd being able to do that now basically but I guess mm. you sort of just pick up things along the way and it's uh yeah because it's been quite a long journey I guess um as it is for everyone really. Um, yeah yeah, it would have been like playing aloud I think in Lincoln which is yeah it's quite a nice studio actually um
0: what would you say is a key bit of advice you'd give to someone who's gonna head into the studio for the first time um
1: well I mean we're still very much learning we we have our own method of doing things now I think um I think something that worked for us last time was I didn't prepare everything that I wanted to record basically there was quite a lot of stuff done in the studio last time out that was like just off the cuff on the spot kind of thing and that like had definitely helped the track like develop in like a different way that it would have done before like there was like th- there's different things that you see in that situation that you wouldn't have seen before I guess if that yeah. makes sense
0: I want to stress though and this is because I know you pretty well that your idea of not preparing is very different to some other people's well, yeah, idea perhaps, of not preparing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. you guys will have been majority of the time playing those songs for quite a lot of time Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, you'll yeah. have it like pretty much, you know, under your hands, so to speak.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: It's kind of that final 1% that you go yeah, in, me, Oh, th- we'll leave a little, little bit of wiggle room there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. Like for perhaps like overdubbing and stuff and it, it, yeah. And like with the, there was quite a lot of vocal experimenting that we did in the last for the last like bunch of tunes that we did. Um, and I guess that's, yeah, that's probably more what I mean, like sort of, I don't know, just be free to experiment how you like, ha- how you, how you want basically.
0: Yeah. How would you say the, because we'll come on to the new single in a sec, a second, but how would you say the experience of say working on your latest single and maybe not the first ever ep you did but the first stuff you did with the rogues what, how would you say they compare what what are the major differences for you
1: there's the, so many differences to be honest um with the rogues yeah I, I i guess like something is that i've sort of learned how to sing better cuz on on the first uh, on <laughs> on the uh, in fact on all the rogues material there's <laughs> there's uh, some yeah some awful singing i would say definitely um and now i think i've certainly found my own voice and i've i think something that i do now is I've, each song has its kind of own character almost and you have to sort of find that and i think i i've i've certainly managed to do that with the with the material that we've been playing recently um yeah so definitely like yeah my voice um spending more time on it as well, I think that's something that with the early stuff we would always sort of we had a very strict kind of thing um but when I was recording like vocals at university they uh like the rooms were just available all the time, so I'd spend all day every day in there just sort of making sure that I get everything right and how I wanted it to be um yeah, I think it was just sort of more finesse more care taken into it, more consideration um
0: yeah that's probably. It. I went back just in researching for this podcast and looked at our email exchange for this mm-hmm. song that we're going to play because um, I mixed it. Should have mentioned that by the start. Um, and one of the comments I said was, when you sent me the rough mixes for it before I started it, is I kind of said, wow, you guys have come on so much. <laughs> like in terms of arrangement and, and depth, and i think that's one thing that kind of separates you guys out from a lot of other bands is the the level of detail and the care taken especially like in some of the vocal arrangements you know it's not a straight up drums guitar bass yeah uh vocal kind of thing it's almost it's almost like quite like classical and operatic in harmony, but yeah, then definitely. it's kind of got like all these rough edges in the right places. I don't know. It's, this is this is the issue. You're quite difficult to describe as a band <laughs> in a great way.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I do definitely agree with what you're saying there. Actually, um, yeah, there is a yeah, all all of the things you just mentioned there. I guess is we we do yeah do definitely kind of try to think outside the box with it. I guess, and uh, we try try to make make it yeah go as far away from being a three-piece indie band as we possibly can while still having that core feature there i guess
0: mm. um okay so talking about um your new single which is coming out on
1: uh the 3rd of july friday the 3rd of july
0: That's... lovely stuff um spoiler alert so it will be out at the time that this gets released yes Just it will be. Note that. so it will be on spotify uh apple music wherever you want to get mm-hmm. it um, tell me a bit about like, the process for that. Did you um, start making demos? Did you uh, do pre-production? And I mean, I say this, I know all this because we talked about it in <laughs> quite some detail at the time, but yeah. the people who are listening to this won't.
1: Yeah, so uh, the track started, um, Sa- Sam is uh, the general sort of the bulk of the lyricists in the band and uh, then I'll usually just develop it into a song. And that's how it started with this one um yeah it just sort of sent me these lyrics and um i ended up sort of developing it and i started performing it originally as like a, a like acoustic gigs and then um because it was like the summer of uni so we weren't necessarily like well we were still what, gigging and stuff but we didn't really have time to put anything new together and then uh, the new year sort of rolled around and uh we got it uh, got into the rehearsal room and started putting it together and um yeah i booked it because I, I booked off a uh a bu- i booked a studio for the final practical project um we we hadn't i don't think we'd done any demos of it i can't actually remember did we do any demos
0: uh i heard a very very scratchy voice note of an acoustic version
1: oh you, oh you heard an acoustic version oh okay yeah. yeah yeah we probably did like one of one of them we might have done like a maybe like a little one in a rehearsal room or something like that as well. But we didn't do anything like anything like of, of note really. Um, but yeah. And then we took it to um, uh, Hackney road studios and um, yeah. And that's like, yeah, that's pretty much it really.
0: So tell me a bit more about like the tracking process. Cause I mean, we have some, absolute gear nerds listen to this
1: <laughs> well this yeah this was our first time um recording as a full band um which is something that we we'd for some reason been th- very much against before when we when we'd be working with you in chapel we were like no we want to we want to do it like this and uh we found it so much better like and it, it's quite weird because this track um this track has a couple of like l- very minor bpm uh changes like early on in the song and mm. instead of like us being like finding a middle ground and being like, no, we're going to stick to that BPM, we decided we'll just n- do what we do naturally, and we'll we'll have the BPM change to how we always change, and it somehow locked on really well. Like we somehow kept in time like perfectly, like because obviously we do it naturally. But it's just like these sort of minor differences. I don't know. It was it, it worked out very well, basically. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I um. <laughs> It was somewhat frustrating because, like uh, like you mentioned there, we did drum tracking for some previous projects mm-hmm. at Chapel. And um, I kept on saying to you, these tracks would sound really good if you perform them live. <laughs> I think you're a band that would do really well. And you're going, no, 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 the entire <laughs> time making me horrible cups of tea. You're going, no, <laughs> no, 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 just drink that, shut up. <laughs> drink, and then, that,
1: drink that, Joe. <laughs> and, then,
0: um, and then you said, oh, you know, we're... Um, we're tracking this thing down in London. We want you to mix it. Uh, we're going to track it live. And then you came out at the end and was like, oh yeah, I don't know why no one suggested that we <laughs> did this in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right, yeah. man. Like It turned, it turned out amazing. <laughs> but um, I think one thing I want to highlight as well is that I mixed the tracks remotely for you guys. And you also did some bits and pieces after the studio, by yourself before you sent them on to me, mm-hmm. and the idea of using a remote mixing engineer can be a bit foreign to some people. Um, so kind of what are your what are your main takeaways? Because I know that in the past you've had stuff that's been mixed in house, and yeah. then you've had stuff mixed remotely. So what would you say was like the main takeaways between those two approaches?
1: Well, I, I think that these tracks um uh, i th- i think it's good to have a different sort of uh, opinion or not opinion but a different view on it i guess i get like i mean i'm not a like a, a producer or a mixing engineer but i think if you are recording the band then perhaps you can get a bit lost in it as well if you're working on it for a, a long period of time as well i think perhaps you can lose or fail to come up with a, your sort of original view of it because it's been sort of blasted in your face for so long um and i will say that these tracks have probably like turned out the best out of the stuff that we've done so far um but i don't know if that's necessarily down to having a remote mixing engineer at all but yeah i would say that they're probably the the best thing that we've come out with so far cough cough yeah it's because i mixed it Uh, anyway (laughs) 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 i mean i do
0: agree yeah okay so If you were to give any advice to people on remote mix engineering, so they're maybe thinking about doing that, maybe they've done the hybrid approach, which you did, which was, you know, to record the main bulk of it in a studio, then kind of go away and finish doing bits by yourself. Or they've done the full home studio thing. What advice would you give to people who are kind of looking for mix engineers?
1: Just, I don't know, like, uh, sort of, don't be afraid to work with, like, sort of people that like because when we first w- worked with you we sort of did feel a bit perhaps intimidated by you because you are well you, you do you do quite like big jobs and uh you're quite quite successful in your business and like produce very high quality work and i think and you you're, you've become almost like a fourth member of this band so i think like <laughs> uh yeah just sort of yeah don't don't be
0: afraid of that i guess yeah that that I'd also like to say that's very very kind of you to say mate um, like I can't stress how much I love working with you guys and like I say you know I do send these quite uh, gushy emails kind of going <laughs> oh you've come on so long because like, we've known like I've I've seen you when you wore the awkward tie-dye skinny jeans phase oh, God, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now you're making really cool music and wearing normal jeans it's great <laughs> normal jeans <laughs>
1: Not track to your bottoms, <laughs> eh? Hey, watch it.
0: Um, <laughs> so yeah, I would say that that's true. I think kind of taking a deep dive, and I think a lot of that has to do with communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely. Just being like open and honest with with what you want. Yeah. Like I think that part of part of the reason why we work quite well is that you will sometimes go, "Hey, yeah, so I want it to sound like Beethoven's Fifth. and I'll go. Uh, right <laughs> let's try this avenue and then you go oh yeah that sounds sick too yeah that's fine um so yeah i think it's about kind of like having an open conversation and you know using your mix engineer's experience to your advantage
1: mm-hmm,
0: yeah because i think if you wanted your record to sound exactly as how you would do it you, you'd you'd mix it But like, yeah. that's that's yeah I definitely I think
1: yeah having another influence is yeah key to it to making it better I think and like yeah people are probably afraid of doing that but they shouldn't be and yeah yeah we do probably owe quite a quite a big portion of our sound to you because you did like I don't know when we like when we first got uh I think Criminal was the first chat that we got back uh mixed from you and um yeah we were just sort of like blown away like it was sort of like our our music sounds like almost like it sounds like professional it sounds like something that like bands that we like would would release like that it sounds crisp and everything like i think the crispness is what we like in our sound and it, you just sort of brought it out straight away and you recognize that and from then like it's sort of evolved from that and gone even further and even better i would say
0: yeah like i would say i've i've evolved with you guys if mm, that makes sense Yeah. And it's quite a nice journey because I'm yeah. I'm trying to think back like we've I reckon we've nearly known each other for about five years now. It's it's coming on for Locking a long on. amount of time. Bloody hell! <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it's really nice to kind of see how our journeys have kind of gone, both in an upward way, absolutely, and yeah. but kind of come along the same time. Um, but yeah, that's that's enough uh, talking each other up now. Um, <laughs> so. In terms of the band, and you know, I think COVID nineteen has thrown a massive spanner in the works to all this. Um, If I was to say to you, you know, we're going to sit down and have a conversation in a year, where do you want the band to be? I'd say, well, the main sort of goal that
1: we have is um, we want this to be like our full time occupation, and anything else that comes with that is really nice. Um, Whether that is a year job, I don't, I don't necessarily think so. But I would have liked to have. um, Well, definitely like release more music, like as you said, like coronavirus, although it has been a hindrance, it's been a perfect opportunity for us to write new music like um, and it sort of fits our writing method as well, Um, with Sam sending me lyrics and me sort of turning it into a song, it just sort of works. Um, And so, yeah, we've been writing a lot of music. So I'd like to see that sort of get recorded, basically. yeah, that's something that I definitely want to do within the next year, um, and yeah, release some more of the material that we've been sitting on as well. Um, yeah, and just well, I mean, we we're all looking forward to getting back gigging. Really, it's kind of just a case of if and when. Um, yeah, we're just sort of waiting for the for the right time to do it. I guess when everything's in a sort of safe uh, environment. Um, but yeah, just, yeah, just sort of getting back to it. I guess.
0: Yeah. Um, this might be going backwards a little bit, but um one thing I wanna point out is that you guys are signed to bear mm-hmm. What would you say is the major difference between your release strategy or just you know the, everything apart from the music side um what would you say is the main difference like before you were signed to bear and now uh
1: d- definitely a lot more consideration goes into things now um yeah because we kind of gradually understood it that, um, releasing music blind isn't really like just throwing it out there is sort of, there needs to be a bit more like thought going into it and stuff. Um, and everyone's still learning how to do it, I guess. Um, it's just a case of like making it as effective as possible. Um, but yeah, think about it, think how you can do it differently. Um, think about how different platforms work and, um, yeah. And, uh, just sort of working alongside the algorithms and stuff like that. It's, uh, it, it's, it's very complicated, but yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, yeah. Just have more thought with it basically, rather than just, because our biggest fear is like spending whatever two grand on recording and mixing and mastering an artwork and a music video, and then just send it out there and then no one listens to it because it hasn't got the right sort of backing behind it, I guess. Yeah.
0: That makes sense. Um, so before we kind of wrap this up and I allow you to introduce the track, if I was to say to you, how do you want the band to be remembered? So, you know, me and you are sat in a pub somewhere in Lincolnshire, both so, of sounds us good to me. in our 90s. Well, I was going to say both of us in our 90s, you in your 80s, me and my 90s. <laughs> um, how do you want to look back and the band be remembered?
1: Um, well, I think something that we intentionally d- we. Yeah, we intentionally tried to, um, first of all, we tried to make the songs sound different because I go to a lot of events, like live gigs, and bands often will do a set of like an hour or so, and every song will kind of have the same sort of formula and sound the same, and bar maybe one or two slow ones or something, we sort of wanted to not make everything like crazy, like drastically different, but um, at least have a different sort of, different I don't know different sort of message and idea behind each song um so it's has a bit of variation and as well as that um we like to think that we have this our our sort of own sound like whilst it's probably not like like any anything like crazy like anything that people haven't heard before it's like it is quite sort of in, in a way kind of quite unique our sound um sort of it's quite like we're quite dark and yeah as we say no crispy like sort of recording like yeah
0: I would say that you have a very unique sound Um, thank you very much and everyone will be able to hear it when (laughs) uh, well do you want to do the honours yes of course what are you
1: going to play the track yeah we're going to play it in full if that's that's okay of course absolutely yes (laughs) Um, yes I am Alex Martin and this is Innovative Thinking by The Taboos mate it's been a pleasure it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for having me Joe why don't you cut up my time Place it with an automated tone Videographic confirmation This in my head And the smoke from plastered on my chest Please look for the flashing lights Cause I'm signaling that I don't want to be alone tonight I think my circuit board Is fused all right smells made of steel I can tell you the volume I've wanted